Chapter 43 Prenatal Influences Women have need of great patience before they are qualified to become mothers. God has ordained that they shall be fitted for this work. The work of the mother becomes infinite through her connection with Christ. It is beyond understanding. Woman's office is sacred. The presence of Jesus is needed in the home for the mother's ministries of love may shape the home into a Bethel. The husband and the wife are to cooperate. What a world we would have if all mothers would consecrate themselves on the altar of God and would consecrate their offspring to God both before and after its birth. The effect of prenatal influences is by many parents looked upon as a matter of little moment. But heaven does not so regard it. The message sent by an angel of God and twice given in the most solemn manner shows it to be deserving of our most careful thought. In the words spoken to the Hebrew mother, the wife of Manoah, God speaks to all mothers in every age. Let her beware the angel said, All that I commanded her, let her observe. The well-being of the child will be affected by the habits of the mother. Her appetites and passions are to be controlled by principle. There is something for her to shun, something for her to work against, if she fulfills God's purpose for her in giving her a child. The world is full of snares for the feet of the young. Multitudes are attracted by a life of selfish and sensual pleasure. They cannot discern the hidden dangers or the fearful ending of the path that seems to them the way of happiness. Through the indulgence of appetite and passion, their energies are wasted and millions are ruined for this world and for the world to come. Parents should remember that their children must encounter these temptations. Even before the birth of the child, the preparation should begin that will enable it to fight successfully the battle against evil. If before the birth of her child she is self-indulgent, if she is selfish, impatient, and exacting, these traits will be reflected in the disposition of the child. Thus many children have received as a birthright almost unconquerable tendencies to evil. But if the mother unswervingly adheres to right principles, if she is temperate and self-denying, if she is kind, gentle, and unselfish, she may give her child these same precious traits of character. It is an error generally committed to make no difference in the life of a woman previous to the birth of her children. At this important period, the labor of the mother should be lightened. Great changes are going on in her system. It requires a greater amount of blood and therefore an increase of food of the most nourishing quality to convert 
into blood. Unless she has an abundant supply of nutritious food, she cannot retain her physical strength and her offspring is robbed of vitality. Her clothing also demands attention. Care should be taken to protect the body from a sense of chilliness. She should not call vitality unnecessarily to the surface to supply the want of sufficient clothing. If the mother is deprived of an abundance of wholesome, nutritious food, she will lack in the quantity and quality of blood. Her circulation will be poor, and her child will lack in the very same things. There will be an inability in the offspring to appropriate food which it can convert into good blood to nourish the system. The prosperity of mother and child depends much upon good, warm clothing and a supply of nourishing food. Great care should be exercised to have the surroundings of the mother pleasant and happy. The husband and father is under special responsibility to do all in his power to lighten the burden of the wife and mother. He should bear as much as possible the burden of her condition. He should be affable, courteous, kind, and tender, and specially attentive to all her wants. Not half the care is taken of some women while they are bearing children than is taken of animals in the stable. The idea that women, because of their special condition, may let the appetite run riot is a mistake based on custom, but not on sound sense. The appetite of women in this condition may be variable, fitful and difficult to gratify, and custom allows her to have anything she may fancy without consulting reason as to whether such food can supply nutrition for her body and for the growth of her child. The food should be nutritious, but should not be of an exciting quality. If ever there is need of simplicity of diet, and special care as to the quality of food eaten, it is in this important period. Women who possess principle and who are well instructed will not depart from simplicity of diet at this time of all others. They will consider that another life is dependent upon them and will be careful in all their habits and especially in diet. They should not eat that which is innutritious and exciting simply because it tastes good. There are too many counselors ready to persuade them to do things which reason would tell them they ought not to do. Diseased children are born because of the gratification of appetite by the parents. If so much food is taken into the stomach, that the digestive organs are compelled to overwork in order to dispose of it and to free the system from irritating substances, the mother does injustice to herself and lays the foundation of disease in her offspring. 
if she chooses to eat as she pleases, and what she may fancy, irrespective of consequences, she will bear the penalty, but not alone. Her innocent child must suffer because of her indiscretion. The mother's physical needs should in no case be neglected. Two lives are depending upon her, and her wishes should be tenderly regarded, her needs generously supplied. But at this time, above all others, she should avoid in diet and in every other line whatever would lessen physical or mental strength. By the command of God himself, she is placed under the most solemn obligation to exercise self-control. The basis of a right character in the future man is made firm by habits of strict temperance in the mother prior to the birth of her child. This lesson should not be regarded with indifference. Every woman about to become a mother, whatever may be her surroundings, should encourage constantly a happy, cheerful, contented disposition, knowing that for all her efforts in this direction, she will be repaid tenfold in the physical as well as the moral character of her offspring. She can, by habit, accustom herself to cheerful thinking and thus encourage a happy state of mind and cast a cheerful reflection of her own happiness of spirit upon her family and those with whom she associates. And in a very great degree will her physical health be improved. A force will be imparted to the life springs. The blood will not move sluggishly, as would be the case if she were to yield to despondency and gloom. Her mental and moral health are invigorated by the buoyancy of her spirits. The power of the will can resist impressions of the mind and will prove a grand soother of the nerves. Children who are robbed of that vitality which they should have inherited of their parents should have the utmost care. By close attention to the laws of their being, a much better condition of things can be established. She who expects to become a mother should keep her soul in the love of God. Her mind should be at peace. She should rest in the love of Jesus, practicing the words of Christ. She should remember that the mother is a laborer together with God.